0: My juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff the stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. We're back for another edition of Law of the Wolf, your host, Joe Giglio, joined this week by Scott Wood, which means we have college basketball to talk about. We have NC State, men's basketball to talk about. We have a win to talk about. And I'm going I'm to be honest with you, Scott. I am old. So 9 o'clock games are no longer in, in a, a live experience for me. So I want to explain how this happened yesterday. NC State was down 11 in the first half. Sounds about right. I watched about three minutes of the first half. I went to bed. I, I hit record on the DVR. Fully expecting to wake up to see an NC State loss. Check my phone. See that NC State won 54-52 with the DJ Burn shot near the buzzer. And I was like, oh, okay. Sat down this morning. I watched the final eight minutes of the basketball game. Have you ever watched ESPN Classic? And you're like... Now, are you sure this team is going to win? You ever watch the 86 World Series on ESPN Classic and be like, are we sure the Red Sox didn't come back and win this game? I I don't understand. How did this happen? Eight minutes left. States again, down 11. And I'm going, wait, what happened? It was one of those games for me. But you're a youth. You you stayed up. You watched it. And you called it, right?
1: I've got two kids. So I want to be clear. I do not want (laughs) to stay up past 9 o'clock to start with. But I did. And my mom and my dad both went to the game, got them tickets right behind the bench. They're 2-0 at Notre Dame, by the way. Mm-hmm. Coach Watkins told me that. He's like, they got to come anytime.
0: Very famously, uh, your pop's not reacting to a to a last second shot that, there.
1: That's probably also true. <laughs> my mom texts me and she says, oh, this is rough. I said, don't worry. that This was at 10-20. I literally have it in here. And I told her, I said, they'll find a way to win this game. Trust me. Uh, so listen, as ugly as it all was, as ugly as it all was, they do what they do. you know. Notre Dame is, let's be clear, not a great team. They've played better since Coach Shrewsbury I mean, laid into them over the last Right, but they did just beat Virginia on the same floor. They did. I don't think Virginia's that good either. Okay. Um, I guess we'll find out on that. Yeah, well, we will. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, they started to turn them over towards the end. They still didn't shoot well, but they kept getting extra possessions with offensive rebounds, hustle plays, little things. Uh, so while... 39 minutes and 50 seconds was miserable to watch. They still found a way to win. They got to 10 wins. They've, they're 2-0 and in the ACC on the road. Again, maybe not two great teams, but they're finding ways to win. They did the same thing against Boston College.
0: They didn't play great, right. but they found a way to win. I, okay, I just want to go back and go through a little bit of this game because again, I watched it knowing what the result was and, and kind of trying to piece together how it happened. Right. So I said, I mentioned I, I started watching uh, my here are my notes. You ready? They're down 11 with eight minutes to play in this game. And then I thought they were down 48, 41 with about four minutes left. And then Jaden Taylor, I thought, hit a huge three. Yeah. That was big time mentally to get that thing. It was 48-41. Now you bang a three. It's 48-44. There's less than three minutes. And now you're going, okay, we can win the basketball game. And the the thing I noted with three minutes left, here was the lineup. Taylor, Middlebrooks, Morcel, O'Connell, and Mo Diara. Yeah. Diara was kind of sort of almost playing like a... I know they were playing man, but it was almost like a one-man zone where he was at the top and he was pressuring the ball. Yeah, I I don't know if it was by design or if it was just how the switches worked that he really ended up on the perimeter. And even Dan Bonner during the call was like, I'm not really sure why they're not driving right around Motiara, but they couldn't. Yeah, But they couldn't. And and you saw a key uh, turnover that he caused late in this game too, I thought, was really big time for NC State. Unsung. Unsung. You and I have talked a lot about how hard it is to have new parts every year and to get those new parts to buy in. Like... I'm sure you had conversations with Richard Howell at some point in your career. Like, Hey man, I think it sucks that you have to set screens for me and rebound, but that's your job. My job is to make the threes. Listen, so- I, might, I might have 90 assists on
1: my career if I went and looked it up, but not all of them are to Richard. So I want to be clear <laughs> him setting such a good screen. Got right. me open so many times that eventually his man's coming out. They see me running across and Zoe would just throw it to him or I could get it to him. So that. But that, but that's basketball.
0: Right. Like everybody, I tell everybody this. You played four years with Rich is what I'm getting at. Like it's hard to kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, this is my job. This is your job. I understand it. And it's it's hard to buy in. It you is. Got,
1: especially in a limited time when a guy may only be here for a year, getting him to buy in. Hey, this is what we need from you for that one year. But I think, you know, again, I, I saw you mention it in a text. You know, it was very ugly. And I think there's a lot of different ways you can go as a coach to, to maybe help it be less ugly. But I think, especially down the stretch in the end of the game, I think Kevin did the right things. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, he went to a defensive lineup. You get DJ Burns out
0: of there, and and now all of a sudden you're getting stops. The most of that comeback, if you will, was with that defensive lineup on the floor. And 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 think of role guys.
1: I mean, O'Connell getting offensive rebounds. Middlebrooks getting. The Yara getting offensive rebounds. I mean, Casey's in there, you know, scrap. I think them getting all those offensive
0: rebounds too, creating all those extra
1: possessions yeah. allowed them to have a chance ultimately at the end
0: of the game. And to shoot poorly and to still win. Poorly is an understatement. Well, but, yeah. but there are times where you have to figure out as a coach, like, okay, how are we going to win this basketball game? Yeah. Can't shoot. Right, well, <laughs> we're nice parties. <laughs> Neither Notre Dame last last minutes, but they forced turnovers. Yes, which was big. They NC State made their free throws, which had been a little bit of a problem in some, in some earlier games that I had watched. So it's like you're okay. You don't have the three ball fire at firing. You're not you know hitting on all cylinders on offense, and even the big boy uh, DJ Burns, who we've talked about. You know, it, there's a delicate balancing act there. Like, how do you maximize him? as an offensive weapon and overcome some of his defensive deficiencies. I thought Kevin did that perfectly in this game. Now it was a very half court game. Yeah. So you can do a lot of that. It was a very slow paced, very half court games. So Felt could, like a high school game. It did. You could with a shot clock, you can do some of that in a half court game, the offense for defense. Yeah. But I thought, I thought the patience to keep DJ on ice as long as he did, understanding what Diara and Middlebrooks were giving him. Yeah. Remember, we've talked about defensively their best lineup obviously includes Middlebrooks, and it does not include DJ Burns on the floor. Yeah. So the two plays that I thought really stood out to me, and obviously the last one we can talk about a little bit, but the number one play that stood out to me, number one was the Taylor three to cut it from 48 41 to 48 44 yeah that was huge mm-hmm. to, to think about where they were know, from the three-point line in this game and to to bang that thing in the way that he did we've talked a lot about you need a bus driver and i feel like Jaden taylor is, is emerging as nc state's bus driver and i think that's important to have that understanding yeah. your roles yeah. like hey we need a basket here
1: i also think he he's the one guy that i would say has absolutely no fear to take the shot. Older, a, too. A lot of guys, they don't they don't really want the moment unless it kind of comes to them. He is kind of aggressive enough that where he's going to end. Like, even the one he took that he threw over the backboard. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe Late, a, yeah. a little
0: bit much, but he, he has no but fear he in taking that big yeah. shot. So the State was 3 of 17 from the three-point line. So yeah, that was, shot was gigantic. Okay. Now, the second one I really liked was the, the basket that tied it up. It was 52 to 50 and they go to their Iverson set. I don't know what they call it. You got the two bigs high. You got one guy on the wing. You got one guy running the baseline Yeah. and obviously the guy with the ball. Normally that's a play for Jaden Taylor. He comes off the cut, right? And yeah. you're, you're, it's a set basically. And they, they've run that a lot this year. That's like their go-to set. Mm-hmm. So number one thing that impresses me, we need a basket. We have a set. This is what we practice. This is what we do. We're going to run our play. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. With a wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Because DJ ends up leaking back to the post. They get it to him in the post. Notre Dame allergic to double teaming DJ Burns, apparently. Only in the last 40 seconds of the game. <laughs> Only the two possessions that matter. <laughs> right? So that he gets to go one-on-one. He spins to the baseline, scores, and I'm going, Okay. You know, and then the final sequence of the game, you said to me, um, the the foul. You didn't like the press. You didn't like the foul. N- nothing about it. You I didn't like, like any of that. None of it. But it's and even Dan Bonner and, and Wester. It was great to hear their voices on the call. They were like, mm, "I'm not sure they wanted the foul." <laughs> they were with eight seconds left, but it did remind me. And, and shouts to our friend Josh Kitson who was like, "Man, it feels like 83." He was he was mocking uh, the 54-52 final with a winning at the buzzer. During that run, Valvano fouled a lot, either tied or with the lead, in order to get the ball back because there was no shot clock. So there's a different there's different levels of strategy there. I think it was more of luck, the foul on the uh, perimeter. I don't think Jaden Taylor was trying to foul.
1: I bet eight if Jaden Taylor, if we sat here and asked him right now, what was the free throw percentage of the guy you fouled? There's no, no way, way to know. <laughs> he would have known. Eight? What was it? Fifty-eight percent. So they absolutely fouled the luckiest guy ever who's probably never been in that position and dang near
0: air balls they uh, go a clutch free throw they go seven of ten from the free throw line and the two misses were the two most important ones in the final minute where they missed the two ends two front ends of the one-on-one and and it wasn't even close it was terrible it was terrible but i think going
1: back to the point you know they don't and, and and i've been critical you know maybe not on here but moving dj around more you know getting him those, those action, the Iverson cut with a wrist yeah. screen, yeah. getting them to the block. Because you got to, at some point, you can't just let them stand there and think he's going to get good positioning. I think when you set some of those cross screens, it gets them better position. Then it also gives the opportunity of Casey, who sets that cross screen, can come off another screen. It just gets you more action. But with that being said, I think it's hard to move DJ around because the more you're moving them, the tired it gets. Then you, you lose a little bit on on the offensive end. So I think there's a, a big piece to it. So I do like seeing you know, the defensive lineup which I, I was gonna was say, there. there's there's the beauty of the of D- the substitution pattern. DJ's resting. But you know, it was that type of game. The whistle was blowing a lot, that you're able to get those substitutions in. Probably in a normal game that has a lot of flow, you can't, you can't really get to that. But that's right. where I think, you know, a, a little bit of kudos to Kevin. We'll give him those the props. No, I think it's a lot. Being able to do that and saying, hey, let's go defensive lineup. Let's get DJ back in there. And I think
0: that helped him a lot. I thought he pushed all of the right buttons here. And it, it, the reason I think DJ is able to score those final two baskets is he was relatively fresh. Yeah. Because you're not asking him to to make the comeback. You know, you're... Again, the pace was a big part of this. Half court's a big part of it. Notre Dame's inexperience is a big part of it. But I think ultimately, when you look at it, you know, you think back to your own career. There are nights where you can't shoot. There's nights when Lorenzo's turning the ball over. There's nights where Rich has too many fouls. But you still have to figure out a way to, to try to win the basketball game, right? Yeah. And and maybe it's uh, maybe it's C J Leslie, maybe it's somebody else.
1: You don't know. Well, I, and I will say the nice part. Probably ninety percent of basketball players are, are wired to the point where you could have such a bad night, but as long as you're in the game, there's still hope. That next shot you're taking, did you you forgot you missed eleven right. straight? So, just having the ability to stay in the game and kind of, you know, things ain't going well. You're not making shots. Just to be there says a lot about the team.
0: All right. So we are here on Law of the Wolf. You are listening on the OG Media Company. Um, Scott Wood, tell people about what you got going on. Scottwood15.com. Yeah. Get you into some of your basketball rackets, gets you into some of your lending rackets. I like it. Well, the the one that makes me money. Uh, okay. On the lending
1: side, uh, you know, we've talked about the rates coming back around. I challenge anybody that even if you're looking, you know, in the next few months or six months out. Have a conversation. Uh, We'd be more than happy to have the conversation start to, you know, we can do some things that we don't have to necessarily pull credit and give
0: you some rough numbers. So just start that conversation. A little bit of a fact-finding <clears throat> mission before you can really start looking for things. Is yeah. What you're
1: saying. I mean, at least get an idea. So then when you get with your realtor, this is already laid out. A lot of people, they kind of go, it's, you know, our the way we things are run with us, it's almost backwards. They go to the realtor first, right. and then they're coming to the lender, and then the realtor has no idea if they're qualified for a home. So let's start doing it the right way. Reach out to your local lender. I'd be a good start. And then we can get them with the real estate agent and go from there. All
0: right. So you got Scottwood15.com. You got 765-609-0453. If you're watching here on the YouTube, so you can see the information or Scott.wood at northpoint with an e dot com. And speaking of realtors, hometown realty, they got six locations from here to the coast. They have more than 250 agents. Scott Wood, in in your basketball career, uh, if somebody had that big of a staff and that much of an accomplishment, she'd be impressed by that. I I am totally impressed by what they've done at hometown realty. And you could do the same. Go to myhtr.com. Doesn't get any easier. Buy, sell, calculate. And then, of course, you will have to close on that house at some point. You're going to need some help with that. That's where Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer. Josh is a big NC State fan, so you should support him. It's wh.lawyer. I mean, how do you not love the world's greatest URL? wh.lawyer. All right, uh, before we get to NC State's game against Virginia on Saturday, they play 2 o'clock Saturday over at PNC Arena. Virginia comes in. You've mentioned that the, uh, the Cavaliers may or may not be exactly... Um, running the hottest that they possibly could run. It's, it's, they're a weird team, in my opinion, 11 and three. They did uh, hammer Louisville uh, Wednesday. So they have that going for them. But before we get there, I've I, gone. I, High School would probably hammer Louisville. Let's be clear. Whoa. Whoa. Um, before we get to the Cavaliers and my favorite coach in the history of the world, Tony Bennett, have I ever told you my Digger Phelps story? <laughs> I've, I've not heard this one of one. my favorites one of my favorites um so it's funny because I'm watching the game this morning and I see in the end zone now where the media used to be at Notre Dame is a DJ so they have the media up in the top row now which it's standard operating procedure and that, that's not the point of this rant um in 2017 though NC State went to uh NC State went to Notre actually it was 16 it wasn't marks last year it was 16. nc state finished the regular season at notre dame it was march 5th 2016. yeah so notre dame's pretty good mike bray uh, not quite them r- hot, running as hot as they could but they were that was Conaton. that was that was a squad demetrius jackson bonzi colson stevie vistoria uh conington was gone that year but th- they had some guys vj yeah. Beacham. So they hammer State 89-75 in a game where Notre Dame's just running all their stuff. They're looking good. I'm like the only person there who's covering NC State. Sitting next to me is Digger Phelps. And sitting next to the the former Notre Dame longtime basketball coach. I don't think he was anywhere near your generation. But uh, when I was growing up, he was Notre Dame's basketball coach. I at coach. least know who he is. Yes. yeah. Well, you're from Indiana. So... Um, so Digger Phelps sitting next to me, ESPN personality, right? And he'd been retired by this point, even from ESPN. And his young grandson is sitting next to him. His grandson's probably eight years old or or, or in that general vicinity, He's in second, third grade. So I'm I'm still working for the News & Observer. I'm still, uh, I have my computer out and I can't connect to our system to file my story. And it was it was in the first half, but at the time, you know, you do like these running blogs and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. So I am frustrated, and and you know me when I get frustrated. There may be some words that are used that are probably there's not an a, eight year eight year old there, bud. So I <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm going, I couldn't tell the story on the radio. I think I've told a modified version of it, but I'll tell the real story now. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, fuck this fucking thing won't and i'm like and it wasn't i wasn't that loud because like the notre dame band is like over here and it's an arena and again they're hot so they're playing well there's a crowd there okay mm-hmm. the so the after the first uh, time it was like the under eight timeout of the first half and he i've never met digger Fels before i've never talked to him before he looks over at me and he goes excuse me he goes i'm gonna need you to watch your language this is a this is a holy house. The mother, you know, he like points to something up in the, you know, top of the dome. The, you know, the the sister mother is watching over us. And I'm like, oh, and he, and he goes. And besides, you know, my grandson's right here. And I was like, oh, I said, Coach, I'm sorry, I just can't get my computer to work. And he goes, it's okay. He goes. Besides, there's only one fucking person here who's allowed to swear. <laughs> And that's me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's pretty good. He's like, I'm just busting your balls, man. And I was like. You know how
1: bad you'd feel for a guy that's just saying, hey, you know. They're watching. Not in this
0: house. (laughs) Right. right. Like,
1: oh, gosh. I
0: was like, my Catholic upbringing. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) He's like, I'm just busting you, man. He's oh, I like, can promise he's like, you. He's let it fly yeah, in that house goes, many times. He, he goes, what do you think I would say to all these referees all these years? <laughs> I said, man. I said, no, oh, I'm sorry. I, pre- I appreciate you, though. Uh, so it was it was pretty funny. He uh, should have at least gave you the Wi-Fi
1: code after that.
0: Oh, man. But I, I don't miss uh, I don't miss those days. <laughs> I certainly don't miss those days. All right. Um, so Virginia comes on Saturday to PNC. The Listen, I'm not going to sit here. And it's interesting. Your career, you missed Virginia totally running hot. Now, you got blasted there a couple times in one of the... Uh, I never won at Virginia, if I'm thinking about it right. Right. But I'm saying... They were still on the come up. They weren't dominant when you were there. Like even in twelve, we when you were trying to get last in, year yeah, I think that. Like I
1: specifically remember ACC tournament in Atlanta. Was it Atlanta? Yes. Well, you beat them two years <clears> in a row. <throat> I don't think it was Atlanta because you was, beat them Atlanta it, and Greensboro. Is is my senior year? That was and, Greensboro. And me and Mark, I had a really good game. I think I just broke Roddy Monroe's three point record, and we're walking uh, to the podium and they're coming out and I think they were like legit, a bubble team. Yeah. You both were. And I think when they lost that game, it was just like, and I remember Tony Bennett was nice as could be, came up and said, congratulations, yada, yada, yada. And it almost looked like they were in tears and he was with Joe Harris and Joe Harris, like couldn't even look me in the eye (laughs) at the time because they knew that their hopes were gone. Uh, but he's always been a really good coach. I, I I enjoyed playing him just because that pack line defense. I mean, they keep it tight. I've always said if you can make shots against Virginia, you got a chance to win. Uh that, but, but that's but interesting. If shoot 28%. It might be a long night for him. It's
0: an interesting point, though, because they are the kings of one of Mark Gottfried's favorite sayings. KYP, know your personnel. They would close out on you, obviously. They wouldn't give you the same looks that they would say even Zoe agree where they're like hey oh you want to try to make a difficult shot congratulations go make a difficult yeah. shot from a spot that we're willing to give you a difficult shot from
1: well and that's the, I, I think they do a good job from a scouting perspective but they are 100 percent trying to take away the easy ones yeah their priority is easy ones. so i always felt that you know around especially the arc and taking some of those pull-up jumpers and threes if you guys get on some type of roll, it puts them in a tough spot because their whole
0: seven threes in that game priority is to take away the easy one 75 56 wolfpack in greensboro seven threes you made in that game 23 points right up i think we had the most i've ever had i think we had the Wood rule of four in that one yeah (laughs) i think we. if roy's watching screw you for for listening to joe on the rule of four i do not remember cj leslie but taking 17 shots in that game
1: (laughs) what i don't think it mattered it was we i mean we handled them
0: yeah I mean he could have taken 25 it probably wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Um Virginia has changed though. I feel like he had he he had a he developed players, he recruited yeah. players, they were able to stay in the system, they learned, you know, their offense isn't easy to learn, their defense isn't easy to learn, and you almost have to like brainwash yourself into thinking we're going to win these, you know, snail games of uh chess you know if if you haven't been there since you the end of your career they celebrate shot clock violations there like they won the national championship like it's a very odd culture of basketball that they have yeah they've convinced themselves like no 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 you're the asshole for not liking virginia basketball in the way that we play and and Lauren Brown though and I often argue and bristle I bristle and cuz she's like oh it's when they play the right way when they had you know, Joe Harris and the pros that, that they makes had. It, it was easier. like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes <laughs> but when, a lot they, easier. when they play the shitty way where it's like, okay, let me just throw something up with two seconds on the shot clock. Like,
1: well, and I would also, what are we doing? I'd also say they are elite at development and growing players. They've they turned, used to
0: be, they used to be. And that's
1: where I'm wondering the poor problems. Now the portal has killed them because in my opinion, now these kids can get out a lot easier right. than what they couldn't have passed. As opposed to, you know, you may sit there your freshman year, not get a lot of minutes, and we're growing you. Your sophomore year, you get better, and then I see the growth. The kids after the freshman year, if they don't, you do know, get the minutes that they want, they're gone. So it's hard. Like they're not seeing guys that are there for three, four years. Yeah, anymore.
0: especially their fours and fives. They used to get no, you know, no frills. For, and Akil Mitchell, and by the end of that guy's career, you were like, oh, damn, he's really good. Yeah, because he's been there for four or five years, knows what they're doing, fits exactly what they want to do. I feel like they've lost a lot of that. Basically, since the championship team, I know the world's been weird. Yeah, since since the pandemic, the world's been weird. But I feel like they've been affected potentially more than any other. I mean, them and Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame used to Virginia and Notre Dame for a long time were the two programs that had the fewest transfers.
1: Yeah, and I think that's just I think that's a big piece to it. We talk we talk about like Wake and even State just getting the portal right. You know, bringing in the right guys. I think they are still struggling at it because that has never been their way. That's, they not, want how to grow that, that's not how develop. he wants to do it. And so I think he's always going to have a hard time fighting the battle, thinking that the day and age of a kid going to stay there for four years is, is probably gone.
0: What do you... Th- now, I look at state schedule here in the ACC play. You mentioned their 2-0. Boston College, on the road, fine. Notre Dame, the way that they won the game, I think can give them confidence,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is important. I look at their schedule though, and I go, okay, the games against Virginia, the games against Carolina, big win from Miami last night against Clemson. That was, that was helpful for the league. You can't have like people pull away. You can't have like Clemson and, and, and Carolina pull away and devalue those other Carolina might pull away though. They could, they could now they'll see Carolina next week, but those are the games, Virginia, Clemson, Carolina, Duke. Wake's gonna have a chance at it too. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna have to beat teams. Like last year, they beat the teams who made the tournament. That's why NC State got in last year. They beat Miami. Carolina didn't. Yeah, and they I beat Duke. <clears throat> Carolina didn't. You know, so for people who are like, oh, I didn't, I didn't stick it in. And Clemson, Clemson didn't last year either. The only team they beat that got in was State. Yeah.
1: Well, it's gonna be interesting to see how they really value the ACC because I actually think, as a whole. They are better than what a lot of people are going to give them credit for, and I got a weird feeling we're going to get into this season. And like you said, no one's really going to pull away. I think I think Carolina's really good. I mean, Duke's going to figure it out at some point. You Duke's got, getting better. You got Clemson there. I just think everybody's going to beat everybody up, and it's going to be one of those where somebody wins the ACC with four or five losses or something weird, and it's going to be very balanced. So I'm going to be interested to see at the end of the year.
0: Like I mean, Miami went 15 and five last year and technically won the league. And that's the thing. So five.
1: are they still going to get five teams in with that? I just feel like, and I, and they even said it on the air the other night. I just don't feel like anybody's talking about the ACC basketball. But I think it's honestly a a better conference than a few of the other ones that, you know, a Big Ten I, outside of Purdue. I mean, who are we talking about in the in the Big Ten?
0: I can't think of anybody. <laughs> like it's just, I've watched a few and I'm just like.
1: Uh, so uh, I just is good. Because it's what's be, his name? And I've always said that, even back when I played, it's just I think it makes you so much better because you're playing a very steady conference schedule. Everybody's pretty good. Yeah. There's really no bad losses outside of Louisville, so it's going to be interesting to see at the end of the year if it's a very balanced, you know, one through seven. How are they going to
0: value that? I also don't see a Final Four team though.
1: I mean, Carolina could get there. I, I Maybe. think Carolina's
0: got the potential. I think Duke's got the potential. I actually think Clemson. Oh,
1: my gosh. It's
0: Clemson. They need to play defense as they as they de- – isn't that weird f- for you to even hear? It's weird for me to say that they need to play defense. I hope at this
1: point they make the Final Four. <laughs> uh, but I do. I just – I think they got a lot of solid teams. But, heck, they, they say it every year. Every year we get to the tournament and then there's these two or three teams in there and all of a sudden we've got two or three in the lead eight and they're like, oh, the ACC is no good. Why do we have three teams still
0: and an elite eight? They
1: just find a way to do it. It's a basketball conference.
0: All right. I want to expand on that point here in a second, but important that you support the people who support us breeze through 17 locations in the state of North Carolina. You need coffee. They got it. You need gas. Of course they've got it. You need alcoholic beverages. They've got that too and snacks, all of the great stuff over at Breeze Through. Go check them out, obviously, right there. If you're going to the game on Saturday, you will see the Breeze Through right there on Trinity and Edwards Mill. So go check them out, Breeze Through. They've got you covered wherever you go. And the OG OG is Hayes Lancaster, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. There ain't no, there ain't nothing without Hayes. So that's our guy. And if you have bug issues like, you know, Tony Ann seeing a cockroach, go to BugsBite.com save yourself some money, get those bugs out of your house. I have a, I, I now have mice in my garage which I've had addressed in the attic but not the garage so I do need to get on the uh pest authority horn there and get my guys over at bugsbite.com. And if you use the promo code OG23, you can get yourself some great NC state swag at Homefield Apparel. It's homefieldapparel.com. Again, use the promo code OG 23 save yourself 15% saw a great um, social media post during the holiday. People getting that bomber jacket. The bomber jacket really is a big win. It's got the slobbering wolf. It's on your hat right there. So go check them out. It's at Um, uh, (laughs) homefieldapparel.com. You you were saying there before our, our break about I was curious the way that college basketball has changed when you watch these games. And you realize a Virginia doesn't have a guy for three and four years anymore. Mike Bray is not at Notre Dame anymore. NC state's best players like from Butler and uh, Winthrop. Yeah. Right. Like I was thinking about this. Your era was kind of the end of this before the, and you had transfers and and right after you you, state did well, Mark did well with Trevor Lacey and and Ralston Turner. And they had to sit out a year, but it's like, I, I feel like, and, you look at the tournament now like last year florida atlantic san diego state yeah. like huh you know <laughs> fdu beating purdue like i'm watching this college basketball season and marquette and creighton i watch some of the Big yeah. East games and I hear them talking about purdue and how purdue is probably the best team in the country and i'm like i don't believe it i'm not going to believe it until they do something in the tournament right so it's like <sighs> And then I was looking at the ESPN list of the top 25 NBA prospects. I think 12 of them in the top 20 don't play college basketball at all. Yeah. So it's like, it's so different. A, you have guys, the top guys not playing at all. B, you have guys changing all over the place. So it's the older teams that are the ones that win, Yeah. but they don't necessarily stay together or play together. Yeah. So it's just so hard. Like in your, if if I would have said to you in, in 2011, someone's going to transfer from Radford and lead the ACC in scoring, you'd have been like, sure, sure, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. But the dynamic that, like, you have to wrap your brain around. Like, there's there's a lot of good college basketball players out there. It doesn't matter where they start; it's where they are now.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the. I kind of took the philosophy when they first started coming out with the portal is. I think you're going to see a lot of smaller teams like an FAU, you know, San Diego state. I think they're going to creep off guards, man. I think they're going to creep on some big time teams because I think they may miss on the portal. I also think if some of these younger, uh, some of these like smaller schools still value the development, I think they can kind of slide away and get away with, you know, growing some players, but again, will the players stay loyal and get picked (laughs) off? That's another story. But, they're going to get guys in there that just may not have meshed at a school and they come in and I think slowly they're just going to creep. Um, now not all of them. I still think you're going to be very top heavy. Kentucky's still going to get the cream of the crop and Kansas is going to get the cream of the crop. But I think you're going to see some of these programs, you know, because they hit on the right spots and because they're still developing and growing and getting high school kids. Cause let's be clear, high school kids aren't getting recruited the same way they used to. I've, i I say it to, to my AU team now, mm-hmm. back when I was playing, I probably had, you know, eight offers, nine offers, ten offers at this time. If I was playing nowadays, I don't, I might have one or two, you know, it's just changed. They're not... Which that, year? Uh, like 2008, when I was getting... No, recruited. like junior year, senior year? <clears throat> uh, My junior year. Yeah. So, I just think the
0: recruiting is just different now. Well, and, we're, we're still two years away from the COVID year, COVID eligibility year being gone. It, I think that will change the dynamic too once we get there, but well, that's—I mean—you got six-year guys, so right. I mean, freshmen and—and wouldn't you rather have a six-year point guard than a first-year point guard? I would, but I also
1: think I think college coaches still have to try to value and develop kids. But again, I think the mindset is—but how they can take the easy way out. <laughs> and I think that's—you got to find—you <laughs> got to find the kids that are just gonna—I mean—they're gonna bring their lunch pail to work. They're gonna work, and they're gonna understand, hey, man, I might have to pay some of my dues. But again, there's how many are of those. Have that old school mentality still i just don't think it's out there
0: peyton wilson Uh, yeah i mean (laughs) i'm just saying like it's it's really really hard i agree i agree because but but, but if i was but that's the old dynamic i mean we'll see who ends up winning these things i mean uconn you know they won the thing last year but they had an ecu transfer yeah you know so it's amazing to me to see the number of kids from charlotte who who are transferred like all over the, the country one of the one of the fascinating stories to me is like stanford and northwestern are two pretty good basketball teams because they don't play the nil game like all of their starters are somewhere else and yet here they have, both of those teams have had interesting results so far this season uh, and i think there's ways you can do it with nil not being a a main
1: centerpiece but now with stop <clears throat>
0: no i think <clears throat> I really do. Well, I, no. I think I you got to be I in guess the FAU game. You was there. I think you <laughs> got like they're paying anybody.
1: <clears throat> I think you got to be in the game. But what you also have to understand is, once that kid breaks out and has a good season, if you're not stepping up and being in the game, you're not gonna have them. Because someone's gonna be in his ear and they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, two hundred fifty thousand over
0: here. Come on down." <laughs> why? Why would? Why would they have a New York accent? I don't know. Where did that come? From? I thought it was more Arnold. Arnold name. <laughs> I mean. I'm, I'm, going that route all right give me give me one way nc state beats virginia on saturday over at pnc because it does feel like they need this one make shots I mean score more than the other team okay. okay
1: it's pretty it's pretty simple i think <laughs> i think if they shoot decent from three it'll open up some things i think you know they're notorious for sending help over to dj so DJ, yeah, I was gonna say DJ is going to be doubled in this game, and and I think the the for again thirty nine minutes and fifty seconds of the Notre Dame game they double teamed DJ struggled in the first half of getting the ball out of there, but if he makes the right plays and the right passes, they have to make shots. A a Mike O'Connell's gonna have to make right. a shot on the wing. So if they're able to do that, I think they'll be okay. If 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 they struggle to handle that, then it could be a long night.
0: All right, well, I say uh, Casey Morsell is due for a big game. And when you play your old team, yeah, at least in the pros, you usually like to pay those guys back. So I'll have my eye on Casey this week. Appreciate everyone who has subscribed. If you haven't already, right there, hit the button there on the YouTubes, Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it. And of course, if you need some lending help, Scott Wood, scottwood15.com or scott.wood at North Point with an E dot com. We'll see you guys next week. Another big week of NC State basketball. A little NC State and North Carolina get together next Wednesday. So join us. We'll be back on Tuesday next week. Tuesday right here for another edition of Law of the Wolf. back ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people.